not the old geeks. Two old farts, a microphone, and the internet. What could go wrong? Hey, Stumpy, how's it going? Oh, lovely. <laughs> Good to hear that your uh, leg is finally sort of mostly on the mend. Uh, so they because, say, so they say. So they say. Uh, and you should be happy that you are not in sunny California today because, you know, I don't know if, if you guys get the insane uh, news that we, what that happens here when it rains. It's Stormwatch 2014. Oh my God, we're all going to die because uh, a little bit of water has fallen from the sky. Not even enough to really wash our cars, but uh, everybody's freaking out here. I lived there for 12 years. I know the drill. People are stupid. Yeah. People are ridiculous there. It, it's either, oh, my God, we've got no rain. We're going to, you know, we're going to die in a drought or, oh, my God, there's water falling, falling from the sky. We're going to die. Um, yeah. So, yeah, whatever. You guys are idiots. <laughs> I've got eight, eight inches of snow on the horizon for the next day and a half. So I'll trade you. How's that? Gotcha. Fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah, the legs coming along. It uh, They took the stitches out yesterday. So it looked like, you know, kind of seen out of misery was pretty much it. Yeah, I saw the pictures that you posted. It was pretty nasty stuff. Gnarly. And I had the most inept blind uh, nurse taking out my stitches. She was terrible. I'm like, just give me the give me the tweezers, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fortunately, there's a lot of nerve damage, so I can't feel half of my foot. So one half was fine. The other half, not so much. No. Uh, so not fun. Not fun at all. Nope. So this week I was been kind of I'm, I'm in this this weird zone now. I've got like a, a thing that I do every morning when I wake up. It uh, like the ass crack of dawn and can't go back to sleep because of these pain meds. I do my my uh, my social media browsing like first thing in the morning before the sun comes up. I send a bunch of stuff to Instapaper. I send a bunch of stuff to Pinboard and mm -hmm. I've got my collection done for the day. Right. With every bit of, um, you know, planning to go back later in the day, all the intention of, you know, reading everything, scanning through it and making a show note list for us. Um, yeah, that part hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I'm getting really good at collection and marking stuff. The 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 follow through. Yeah, not so much. Yeah, I, I've kind of been doing the same thing. I mean, uh, I've been just insanely busy as we've been discussing the past couple of weeks. I've got a, a big project deadline on. Uh, well, it was on Tuesday. Then it got moved to Monday and then it got moved to Sunday night. Um, so it's just been a little bit insane. I've been really good at collecting stories throughout the day. You know, when I when I have a few minutes here and there i'm browsing around and i'm like oh i like this and you know i'll bookmark it read it later uh getting it into the show notes massive fail this week yeah <laughs> like i said i'm getting really really good my, my workflow for finding cool stuff and marking it to read later and getting it into the proper channels either it's pinboard instapaper or just you know the the new board that we'll talk about later that we're using for show notes mm -hmm. um it's just really good it's yeah it's that Going back and reading the, you know, <laughs> half a novel of stuff that I've collected before breakfast every day yeah. is is problematic. So I need to learn how to read faster. I think that's it. Yeah, well, I think there's a, there's definitely some online courses for that, whether they're any good or not. Who knows? So, yeah, there's that Velocity app that uh, we reviewed a while ago. And it's mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately to use it with Instapaper, you have to pay for a subscription to Instapaper. Right. Kind of kind of BS. Otherwise, you have to like manually copy the links in to to read it quickly so right. yeah we're not using that app anymore <laughs> one of the things i uh i found this week though was a great article from the verge and this was one of the very few ones because the 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 headline pretty much uh you know it, it grabbed me <laughs> uh the internet is fucked mm -hmm. you know <laughs> it says but we can fix it but the internet in 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 general is pretty much fucked 
Uh, and it is. I, that's been, I've had kind of this overall just kind of sense of, uh, it's almost kind of an internet depression all week, uh, mostly because of this story and a number of, of other related ones. So, you know, this is going to be another feel good, happy, grumpy old geeks episode where we just talk about uh, how everything is colossally and massively fucked. Well, I wouldn't go down that road. I, 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 I think there's hope. I think that <laughs> we're, it needs to get worse before it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen this. We've seen this. This is a train wreck happening in slow motion that we've been watching and we've talked about and we've seen it coming. At least you and I have. And we've talked about it for months now. All of the, you know, the cable companies, the lobbyists, everybody is trying to get rid of net neutrality so they can make more money and do whatever the hell they want. And control basically the Internet. Yeah. And they did it basically this week. It, it, is, it. it is started. They did it. But if, if you read some of the stuff, if you can read in between the lines with the rulings that uh, kind of knocked down net neutrality, mm-hmm. if, you, if there, there's a way to interpret that ruling that says, hey, look, guys, the FCC's stance on this was very weak. We're, we're, we're going to, we're, you know, we're basically going to nullify all the common carrier stuff. Come back to us with a better argument and a, and a more well, you know, well-worded argument right. that's going to stand up you know, stand up better with the test of time. So there, there's some hope then if we get a really good like coalition or a group of lawyers on, on the net neutrality side of things in there to to kind of argue this stuff. Let's just quickly list off just a few of the things that that have happened. Which... Well, well, hang on. I, I'm, I'm not done with the, the point, though. OK. The way that the judge, like I said, worded this mm-hmm. is to, to, you know, shoot down net neutrality to come back with a better argument. But also in that time frame gives the cable companies and the network providers time to hang themselves. It gives them the rope to go out and do the terrible things that we always say, oh, you know, this is what's going to happen when net neutrality dies. This gives them the opportunity to go do those things. So when the FCC comes back and Mm -hmm. says, see what happens when we don't have regulation, Right. This is what happens when net neutrality dies. It is it is worse for the consumer because I tell you what, either Netflix is going to go up or your Comcast bill is going to go. Well, <laughs> your Netflix bill is going to go up. Comcast bill is not going to go up. Yeah. Well, here's what's already happened. In January, AT&T announced a sponsored data plan. So that's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier this month, obviously, we've been talking about Comcast and Time Warner cable are merging, basically creating one Internet service provider for the entire country, as far as I can tell, except for some small, tiny areas. Uh, so that's not good. And then just uh, just a couple days ago, Comcast and uh, Netflix have now announced a new paid peering arrangement, which will see Netflix pay Comcast to give better access to to the subscribers. Yep. So I mean, and, there and, you go. Netflix, Netflix <laughs> has been fighting the whole time, but now that you know, since the ruling came down, they've got no choice now. Now that's well, like, this is yeah, this is like uh, you know, this is the '80s on the Sunset Strip. You know, you're you're poisoned walking down the street, and you're like, I'm not going to pay to play. Well, now you have to, so they're doing it. I don't blame Netflix. They're they're playing the game as it's given to them. Well, yeah, they have to. They, they've got no choice now. They lost, so now they have to do it. You know, they have to pay. They have to pay, or their customers are going to get shitty service. Um, because the the Netflix users aren't obviously you know standing their ground and saying, Hey, Comcast. Because honestly, the Netflix users don't know any better. Yep. They don't really know any better. They don't know what the hell's going on. Most people don't. I mean, that's that's been the extent of the outrage that I've seen so far is, is a post on Facebook going, boy, this sucks, guys. We should stop this kind of stuff from happening. Oh, okay. Well, 
so that that's useful. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. And, and I agree that, that there is going to be hopefully some severe backlash to these companies for doing this. It's, it's not right. It's not fair. Uh, we were having discussions just recently uh, in our own podcast about how there's no, you know, we, we were talking about how there's no editing system anymore for almost anything or, you know, a curated list. What, what's going Comcast is now going to be our curated list. What they decide we want to see is what we're going to see. And that's that end of story. Uh, you're never going to be able to, you know, come from nowhere and, and make mass market anything anymore unless you play this game. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very it's very bad for for startups and, you yeah. know, and anybody trying to build something in the garage because you have to come out of it with the capital to pay off to basically bribe your way onto the Internet now with <laughs> yeah. any with any sense of, you know, uh, fairness because, well, mm -hmm. the fairness is gone. That's the whole problem. And yeah. I dug up, um, I dug up a great video that uh, our good old friends at uh, Ask a Ninja did way back in the day. When, <laughs> when do you remember SaveTheInternet.com? When we had to run through the net neutrality fights the first time. Yes, I do. They made the best net neutrality video, which I can't believe nobody is is still playing anymore because it is fantastic. <laughs> it will be in the show notes, and uh, I miss those guys so much. I really do. Um, <laughs> but check it out. It, I think it was Robin Williams' brother, Harry brother, making lemonade. That was the. It was, it was very bit. funny. Um, but I think SaveTheInternet.com needs to be resurrected. I mean, it's still around, but it needs to be resurrected and used again as the the rallying point for for this fight because we we're going to have to start fighting back big time, and it's and it's going to be an awareness campaign to people who use Netflix and who use these services that are going to be impacted the most. Exactly. I mean, I hope that Netflix, uh, even though they're playing the game, you know, they could they could throw a little 10 second thing at the beginning of every movie for a while, just saying why this is bad and how you can fight it. Um, yeah, the MPA course, can, but... If the MPA can make you watch those <laughs> shitty you like, you know, you're a thief for downloading our movie uh, videos at the beginning of every film you go pay 20 bucks to see, then why the hell can't Netflix drop exactly. 10 seconds of saying you're being railroaded by the the cable uh, robber barons now. So, you know. Exactly. So get on that, Netflix. I know you're listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sure Reed Hastings is the first thing he listens to every Friday. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, in between that and, uh, you know, the kind of the internet is screwed in general and hopefully it'll get better. Um, I'm obviously very involved in the music industry and another big article came out about uh, – how musicians are getting screwed as well. And it's kind of the same deal. It's, it's Spotify, you know, Spotify makes all the profits and the little dribs and drabs that we've talked about uh, on the show a couple times that comes down to musicians is just pitiful and painful. Um, so they actually have started a new coalition to kind of uh, musicians to fight against uh, all the stuff that's happening with the streaming services and the complete lack of money. Uh, David Burns on board, R.A.M.'s Mike Mills, Cake's John McCree, a couple other people, all uh, getting out there and actually fighting, fighting the power, man. And uh, good for them. And I hope that uh, I've signed up for it. Um, I, if you like music, I, I suggest you do it too. Uh, <clears throat> the Content Creators Coalition is the new group, and uh, we'll see what they can do. Who are they fighting against here? They're fighting against, well... Consumers uh, that want to get cheaper music? Or are they fighting against bad deals that they made with the record industries? They're, they're, who's, who's, the, who's the dragon that they're trying that, to slay? That is the real problem, because it's really unknown. I mean, it's it's uh, there's so much... Uh, it, it's basically record labels. I mean, it's certainly for, for these guys, because they are all locked into record contracts, and they don't make their own deals with Spotify. The record label goes out and makes a deal with Spotify, makes a deal with Beats, makes a deal with RDO. Um, Pandora, all these streaming services, uh, the record labels negotiate their own deals. So, I mean, if you've ever seen record label accounting, 
<coughs> and I guarantee you haven't because you just start laughing right now <coughs> at my use of the word accounting. It's so bizarre and Byzantine anyways that it's almost impossible to tease anything out. I mean, all we kind of get are just rough ideas of what the rates um, that Spotify pays and, and other people. And it's so the dragon is kind of this amorphous cloud of bullshit. But uh, but it's the same thing with, you know, Comcast and all that sort of stuff. What is the dragon? Who knows? We all know it's just wrong. And can we do something to fix it is kind of where we're at. Yeah, because it sounds to me like just being an outsider to the music side of it, it sounds like the what they're what you're dealing with is 50 years of bad decisions from artists being railroaded by the record labels who had all the money because exactly. it used to cost so much because the you know the old days the record labels were loan sharks mm-hmm. and now that everybody can do it themselves it's just this is a transition period you know heavily for music for sure <laughs> um it's extremely and i again i don't think that they have any solution they're they're not they're not standing up to present here's what we should do people it's more just holy crap what the fuck is wrong with this can we please start looking at this? Let's get awareness. Can we get some lawyers on board? Can we start talking about this? Can we remove, the, you know, the basically pull the accounting out of the dark and sun, sunlight clause, you know, Let, let's see what's going on here. Uh, and let's make sure that we're actually getting paid appropriately for our stuff. Yeah, good luck. I mean, I, 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 I hope they figure it out. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because uh, like you were saying, I mean, I think the music industry is much the same way. It's going to get a lot worse before it gets better, but it, it's got to get better. Labels can't afford to do what they, they can't afford business as usual. I mean, what we're seeing is a dying industry. <laughs> they're, they're, oh, it's, it's our, I mean, we are basically, no offense to Warner Brothers, but really we're, we're down to one music label at this point, which is Universal. Uh, that's it. They're the only ones making any money. They're the only ones that are going to survive. Uh, they've bought up all the other ones. I mean, we're we're heading to the same sort of monopoly that, that we are in so many aspects of the world right now. It's all power is getting coalesced into one or two hands. But here's the thing about that monopoly. That's this is like they're they're holding together for warmth <laughs> while <laughs> while you know the sun is going down. By the by the time the sun rises again, they'll all be dead, and there'll just be a new new dawn with a new business model with you know artists doing their own thing. I think, and I think it's going to take another ten to fifteen years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, a lot of that infrastructure isn't in place. And you also have to keep in mind, uh, there's artists are never really going to be able to do it all by themselves, because they are artists, they're they're not businessmen, and lawyers, and uh, promoters, you know, their job is to write the music. And that that's how all this originally got started in the first place before it all got evil and fucked up. You had a manager who kind of took care of your interests, you had the record label who took care of distribution and promotion, Um, you know, and, and, because artists really, as much as you say you can do anything you want with a laptop now, the temperament of the artist isn't there to ever be able to get their stuff out there because they're fucking crazy artists. That's why they write awesome songs. They're insane. They're not capable of, of approaching the world in a rational, business-like manner. So there will always be something there. I just you know, hope it's better. Yeah, and you now you've got services like Topspin and other people that, that are going to step in and take the place of the label and you know, provide services for them. So, I mean, we've talked about that before. It's, it, it's, it's a change. It's a changing environment. So I'm glad somebody's still trying to fight the good fight because, you know, you know, the fact that they're getting nothing for their music is kind of shitty. So, yeah, I totally agree. So uh, it's in the show notes. Check them out. Uh, go to their website. I think they have a little like, you know, sign up for their mailing list so you can keep informed about what's going on. And, and hopefully that will become something. I, I, I really do hope so, because I love this industry as much as I hate it. And I'd like to see some changes happen. So speaking of things that are not doing so well, like the music industry, Bitcoin is not having the best uh, week that it's ever had. 
<laughs> well, there's a lot of people out there gloating about this too. Uh, um, you know, certainly old school financial people and everybody that kind of didn't want to get on board with the with the whole concept. It's not dead. Well, here's the let's let's just back up for a second. So, Mt. Gox, which was the biggest um, exchange, has taken a shit and is nowhere to be seen. They've kind of left the building with. I don't think they've left the building with any money because they've been everything's been stolen. They had terrible security, and somebody came in the back door, cut a hole in the wall, and drove, backed up a pickup truck, and took all the money. And <laughs> and uh, yeah. and you know, Bitcoin value has tanked again, again, which is yeah. you know the problem. Here's the thing: this is this is what happens when you don't have government oversight. When it is the wild west, guess what? People will steal your shit, and there's no recourse. Uh, you know, your shit got stolen. Sorry. That's what happens when you, you know, you play around with something that is not federally mandated by any government um, with no, uh, how was it, with no um, oversight. Oh, no, not, not, not oversight, just uh, repercussions for theft. You know, there's no yeah. laws. Yeah, there's no laws about it, which is was kind of the appeal. Um, so the idea is definitely not going to go away of, of these kind of digital currencies that, that don't have nations attached to them. I don't think that they should. I think it's a great idea. Um, so what do you think will be next? I mean, I, and how can the concept be approached somewhat differently? I would love to see a currency that has 100% transparency. I know Bitcoin was, you know, kind of used for more nefarious things. And so is the American $100 bill. That most, more crime <laughs> is done with a Benjamin than is done with the Bitcoin. So. Oh, very true. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that can't go away. But I mean, like I said, I would I would love to see a digital currency that is 100% transparent. Now, it, it, you know, you don't have to be the only one and it would only be used for certain things. But wouldn't it be great? No, uh, it, would, would, it would be so. fucking. So I could I could just look online to see what you bought this week and see where your money went. Yeah. Like I said, it's not the only form. You have cash, you have credit cards, you you have this kind of digital currency just to kind of get the ball rolling and get people comfortable with it. So what? It's 100% transparent. Don't buy your porn with it. Okay, you we'll know? call it NSA coin then. Yeah, use it, use it only for your tithies to your church. I, I don't care what you use it for, but it would it's a cool idea and it would be a, a cool option. And it certainly would, you know, get around a lot of these fears for digital currencies as they start up. Yeah, sounds like a terrible <laughs> idea to me. Okay. <laughs> No, no. The whole—I mean—the whole point of Bitcoin is that it's anonymous. It's not supposed to be transparent. Fuck the fuck the transparency. Yeah, I mean that no, is that's the point no. of Bitcoin, and it's also no. why it's having so many problems right now. I'm just talking about digital currency in general. So uh, let's go back to pelts and skins. Give me a coonskin hat any day of the week. It is cold uh, here. I could use a coonskin hat. <laughs> I was about to say, aren't you wearing one anyways? I, I, I do have a nice Mosimo uh, <laughs> fake fur hat that does look very uh, Daniel Boone. Oh man. So I don't know. It's, I stopped, stopped kind of following this a couple of weeks ago after we had Bonner on and talked about it because it's not something I'm going to play with. Yeah. I don't it's, really have that kind of cash to just play around with something that I just don't know what's going to happen with yet. Although if I did, I'd be buying it right now. Yeah. Now, now that it's down, because it, it, yeah. it'll go back up, then it'll go back down. Then it'll go back up, then it'll go back down. That's what's mm-hmm. going to happen. And yeah. it, it'll, it, I don't know. I don't know what the future is, what the future is going to be. All I know is that this is a major hit for a lot of people, and there's a lot of money that just, you know, vanished. Just poof. Yeah. This and, is far worse than that guy who threw away his drive that had like a million bitcoins on it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, this is this is some big money. And these, it's funny watching these people that are going to where the um, the exchange was and sitting outside and with their little signs going, could I have my, my bitcoins back? Like, <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody's in that building anymore, buddy. I think they left. Yeah, they're gone. <laughs> 
so so sad that the rich people are dumb rich people are getting bilked um <laughs> speaking of dumb well this isn't dumb rich people this is dead rich people um yeah. there's a there's a story going around about steve jobs getting his own stamp this year mm-hmm. and to me this is it, i'm like why why is why the hell would you give steve jobs a stamp it's like you're not going to give Rupert Murdoch a stamp. You're not going to give Ted Turner a stamp. Well, I don't know. Maybe they have already, and I have, I've missed it. But I was about to say I probably should have Googled famous people that have stamps for no reason before we got onto this story because I'm sure there's just – I mean there's stamps for – there's so many stupid stamps. Why not jobs? I don't have a problem with that. I, I think that they should, do, uh, they should do a whole line of like the great tech innovators. Why not? Well, let's, let's have a Bill Gates stamp. Let's have a job stamp. Well, if you're going to do the job stamp, then it needs to be the Waz stamp, too. That's the whole point of the article that we found is that, <laughs> that somebody brought it up, which is a very good point. Mm-hmm. Steve Jobs was the front guy. He, he, was the, he was a head and a turtleneck. The guys who made the shit, you're talking your Johnny Ive, you're talking your Wozniak, you're talking about yeah. everybody else. Those are the guys that made the shit. They had the brains to come up with the goods. Yeah. You know, he was, Jobs is a talking head who liked calligraphy and to drop acid and be a dick to everybody. Why would you... <laughs> You know, why, why, do you, why does he deserve a stamp? He doesn't. He's but. a visionary. He was the face. I mean, that's, yeah, I totally agree with the argument. That's the same argument for, for a great many things. It's always like, it's the quarterback. It's quarterback syndrome. It's always the quarterback that gets the attention when it's the entire defensive line that really saved your asses that whole season. Or the lead singer of the band. Or the lead singer of the band. God knows that, you know, I can name about 35 different bands in which the, you know, the most amazing musician and the guy that drives the entire band and writes even most of the songs is not the lead singer. But, I, you know, everybody just knows the lead singer. He's the lead singer. Stuart Copeland? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if you've heard Sting's latest loot album, but it's a piece of shit. <laughs> Every time I hear like a new album uh, that he comes out with, all I can picture is the Star Trek episode where Spock played that that weird instrument. And it <laughs> reminds me of that's like going to be the next Sting album. I'm like, let's get, him, always, let's get him in the whole like Star Trek get up and just do that. I always see him like sitting on a couch naked with a, like a small like loot just strumming because it's like all he's become to me in my mind is a loot playing tantric sex idiot. <laughs> Damn, Stan, oh, he used to be so cool. I need brain soap now. Please, <laughs> brain soap. Not good. So I just, it, the whole thing with the stamp bothered me because it comes back to attribution, you know? It, yeah. Jobs is getting credit for the things that other people built all along the way. And as, a, as an engineer and a programmer, my whole, my whole career, basically, you know, I'm used to being marginalized and not getting a lot of the credit for the, the stuff that, you know, our teams <laughs> build, even though... You know, you, you have the manager and the project manager who get to go on the, the great retreats and get the big lunches with the clients. Well, you know, us uh, gnomes are stuck in the office for 20 hours a day for three months on end uh, yeah. building the project while they're out, you know, sipping martinis. And, you know, oh, we're, it, it's great. We give we give the programmers free jolt. Yeah. <laughs> well, OK, you no, know, I like caviar, motherfucker. Give me some give me some kettle one, some caviar in a in a window. And we'll talk. Oh, but yeah, I totally remember that. I mean, it, that's even the case even now. Like, I, I'm just a two person company right now, but like, I'm kind of I'm the programmer, and my partner Wendy is the designer. And who gets all the praise for everything? Oh, it's all about the design. Oh yeah, sorry, it, Wendy. Most people don't understand the parts that we generally do. They're yeah. Like, they see the they see the Photoshop doc, and they're like, oh, it's done. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> no, not quite, not quite. So, Anyways, sorry, I, sorry to rant about that, but I completely agree with you 100%. But then again, I don't actually give a fuck who's on a stamp. 
the, the, hey, postal, this, the post office is on its way out anyways. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. This is the point where I wish we would be on, on board with every other fucking podcast advertiser in the planet because this is the perfect time to do a stamps.com. Stamps. Com. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A big thank you this week to Robin Bota, who donated through our PayPal link on the website, and they keep us in bandwidth this week. So thank you very much, Robin. We appreciate it. Uh, surprised that you didn't use any of the other uh, means that we talked about, which was surprising, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, like uh, tugboat yards, uh, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but I mean, you know, if you're already signed up with PayPal, I guess that is a piece of cake. I, I actually forgot we still have that up on the site i thought we were just using uh tugboat yards oh hell no i want everybody to, hey if, if people want to give us money i'm gonna give them every opportunity feel free to send us bitcoins no every <laughs> other opportunity okay <laughs> now we still haven't run through uh that other one that we talked about last week um because it has been a crazy week but thank you robin uh we do appreciate it very very much you are our bandwidth sponsor for the month of the fuck month are we in march coming up on march that's damn that's right wow it's march already anyways talk about uh time <laughs> passing our comment another comment of the week came from a uh, day tripper over on twitter which you uh you should follow us there at at gog podcast uh day tripper wants to know how you and i met jason how did we meet brian <laughs> well way back in the day in the way back machine there was a small internet company called box top it was the uh, second place i went to work after college and uh you were the surly head programmer in charge over there you were there before I was. Oh, that's right. I was there a little no, bit before you. You were there I when I walked in that. the door. So that's... basically, BoxTop was my third internet company. I worked for <laughs> a little joint uh, in Santa Monica. Then I worked for this company called Rocktropolis because we were doing the future of rock and roll on the internet, believe it or not. <laughs> and uh, then I uh, got hooked up with BoxTop because of the Paramount thing with Star Trek and all that. Oh, but when I, came in the, right. when I came in the door, you were one of the first people I met. And... Uh, you you were the surly programmer. You were the grumpy motherfucker. I was the <laughs> I was the arrogant, you know, prick. But uh you were surly. So, and <laughs> okay, that's, that I totally was, forgot. That was... I in my mind you were there first because uh, you know, Jason's got quite the big personality. <laughs> <laughs> so but what about the spew stuff, which I, I wrote for for um, a while? Yeah, I mean the first thing I ever did on the internet was uh, like early in uh <laughs> it's actually coming up on twenty years in uh <laughs> My girlfriend and I started in May of 1984. Uh, we did uh, this little zine called Spew, uh, which was, it was kind of... 94. 94, yeah. Would I say 84? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was about to say. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, and sorry. In, in, uh, yeah, in early 94. Um, it, it was called Spew. It, actually, when we started, it wasn't called anything. It was like Melina and Thor's amazing bookmark whatever site because <laughs> her handle was Melina because she played a lot of Mortal Kombat 2 and I was Thor because of a long story um, <laughs> and we started this thing we didn't actually come up with the name Spew until uh, a Wired issue came out years later with Neil Stevenson's short story called Spew and it right. kind of it kind of resonated with what our goal with our website was and that's where Spew started and kind of got me on the road to what I did uh, people saw that and uh, yeah. I was known for ten years for being the guy who came up with that because we did a bunch of stuff that nobody had ever seen before. Yeah, um, I was uh, I was uh, regularly visiting the site back when I, I I was still in college over at USC, and I was actually kind of uh, I was working for an academic relations department, and then I actually thought I was going to get a job there when I graduated because I was starting to build out kind of their first website. I was actually even doing a Gopher site for them at the time because people actually use Gopher, which was insane. Um, 
and yeah, I remember seeing Spew and I was checking it out all the time, both for uh, the writing and, and seeing what you were doing with programming because I was teaching myself at that point too. Uh, oh, and the Naked Chicks because you guys used to post a lot of that too. Yeah, we did post a, a lot of Naked Chicks. We were, <laughs> we were actually in 1997, after we'd, we'd stopped doing the site, uh, we were up for a, uh, remember the Webbies? They're still oh, around. Yeah. They're still um, around. In the first year that they did the Webbies, uh, they had the best sex site category. Only the first for the first year, and we were up for that. <laughs> I think we, I think I've talked about that on a previous episode, but we got beaten by uh, Bianca's smut shack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So you came into Box Stop. I was already there. Uh, I found out you had done Spew. I, I actually, you were still kind of running that for a bit, weren't you? Because I ended up writing oh, yeah, some I ran articles for like '96 or '7 yeah. or something like that. Early '97, we quit, and then we got the nod for uh, <laughs> the Webbies. Because we, yeah. it was like right right after we quit that we got the thing. It was like, oh, you're up for an award. We're like, oh, shit. Oh, that's um, great. <laughs> thanks. Appreciate it. Preach. Yeah. So uh, we worked together pretty briefly, actually. And uh, then we both went our separate ways and started to work in different places. But uh, we've always stayed in contact. So yeah, and we, how... we both like industrial music back then. We'd always go to the club together wearing our vinyl pants and dancing and drinking and, <laughs> you know, that, yeah. kind of, that kind of craziness. I think that was the main reason we kept, we kept in touch is because we did like the nightlife in Hollywood back then a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, to be, uh, to be young. To be back in our early 20s. Coding, uh, coding cowboys. I miss it. I really <laughs> yeah, do. Me, me I wish too. I could go back and do it again because I would have been rich by oh, now. Oh, God, we'd be so <laughs> fucking rich. <laughs> Filthy rich. Anyways, there you go, Day Tripper. That's, that's how we met. It's the library. Woo. I actually managed to uh, finish another book in this last week with, uh, with my deadlines looming and all of that. Sometimes you just need to stop coding and, and read something. Uh, I read the follow-up. Uh, I talked about the Atlantis gene, uh, I think two podcasts ago, and I read the follow-up, the Atlantis plague, a thriller. I don't know why he has to add the thriller part to the title, but uh, he did. Oh, that's, uh, for, that's for the ladies in the, uh, the line at the checkout at the grocery store. So they know what they're getting. I suppose so. Um, it was <laughs> this really one, good. This, this one will blow your dress up, ladies. Pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually enjoyed it. Uh, the writing, he's definitely improved since since the first book. It was a lot tighter, a lot more interesting. Uh, he won't let go of the ridiculous love story. but <laughs> That's you know, what I was going to say. Is this the one with the stupid love story that you, you complained yeah, about? Yeah, you know, it's your standard, it's your standard, like, uh, you can you can always tell when like a professor is writing a book because it's always like you know, the the gorgeous young girl falls in love with the dashing kind of older professor type. It's just in every fucking book known to man, and he of course did that as well. Uh, but he scaled it back a little bit. It takes a definite backseat to the actual real story that's going on here. Which uh, again, it's you know it's boner candy for me. It's you know all kinds of crazy <laughs> sci-fi stuff. It's just it's 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 good. I really like the story. Um, he's gonna there's a third book coming, which hopefully we'll wrap it up because it's starting to get spread a little thin um uh you know after the first one i i can now say i, I i'd say go ahead read it i'd recommend it now i am so sad that i've already picked a title for this episode because boner candy is right up there <laughs> well we can save that for for next week i'll try to throw that in every it's my new catchphrase okay that is total boner candy dude <laughs> no it just, well, now we be... sound like we're back in our 20s mind boner candy i think mind boner candy. oh yeah it was a mind boner last time because we're, we're still getting if you look at the search uh the search traffic we get for our main website there's there's a lot about big butts and uh lady fat boys chicks. yeah fat big... chicks lady boys and big butts yeah i'm not sure what kind of site we're running these days well, you should I'm, check I'm, it out too at grumpyoldgeeks.com. <laughs> I can guarantee the people the people who are searching for that and find us are fairly disappointed. Very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. Um, so this week I finally got the new Daniel Suarez book. 
Ooh, it's out? Influx. Yes, it is out. It came out oh, on the 20th. I'm and excited. Here's the thing. I, I pre-ordered this at Amazon.com and Audible.com, hoping to try out the WhisperSync uh, stuff, which is, I don't know if you know about WhisperSync, but what WhisperSync is, if you're reading the... If you're reading one medium or listening to one medium, when you stop on one, you can pick it up on the other and they know exactly where they're at. So I can be reading in bed or on the crapper from the, uh, the ebook. Then I hop in the car and I put on the audiobook. and knows exactly right. where to pick up, which well, is pretty damn groovy. I, I would love to have tried it, but uh, apparently this one <laughs> does not support it. So <laughs> I, I paid a bunch of money and I got two copies of a book that I only need one medium for. Uh, so I got on the got on the horn with the boys at Audible and said, hey, yeah, yo, uh, this doesn't work. Can I have my money back? And we've talked about the return policy and how awesome it is at Audible. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, a, there's a new caveat. <laughs> you can only do it through the web interface without any you know, people interaction three times. This is a new thing uh, because I've probably returned 10 books at this point. Right. Oh, excuse me. That Mountain Dew getting into system. Um, so I, I hopped on the uh, the chat, the online chat, to figure if I could talk to somebody in Mumbai at six in the morning. Um, mm -hmm. Hello, and, my name is Steve. Yes. And uh, they ran me through. It took them 30 seconds. And I had my credit back. And I'm like, why? I, I tried to get through this on the interface. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, just after three books now, you have to either make a phone call or do an online chat. I'm going to tell you right now, do the online chat. Takes no time at all. Yeah. And I told them what happened. I'm like, look, I just wanted to try WhisperSync. Uh, I'm going to keep my Kindle version. And I'll just read it that way. And they're like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> so on to the actual book. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I was so upset with Daniel Suarez's last book. That Which I thought was OK. It was me. <laughs> the, the, the problem is the first two books were so close to possible future fiction. Yes. That I was I was so excited because I could see the first two books, uh, Freedom or I mean, uh, Demon and Freedom TM. We're so close to something that could actually happen probably in about two years. I can see that actually coming to pass. The The third one was just like, it, it could have been done already, and it was drones and bad writing. I, I, they didn't even, I don't think he hired an editor for that one. The, this, the copy was terrible. This one, it's also a future. It's a kind of a future uh, techno book, but this is complete 100% shit ain't never going to happen fiction. Okay? <laughs> okay. But what's really fun is, uh, I'm, uh, spoiler alert, uh, you might want to fast forward for the next two minutes if you haven't read the book yet. Or okay, Brian, I'm going to take off Brian, my headphones. You can close your ears. Uh, <laughs> the book deals with a, a, a society that has a police department that stifles disruptive technologies. So the humans cannot get too uh, advanced without this uh, like police force letting it get advanced. It's really fun. It's too bad we don't have that for San Francisco right now. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's, the whole story is is it's. I'm not. I don't want to re really talk about too much about the story. Besides that, uh, you'll find that out in the first you know chapter. Um, right. Well written, character developments really well done. There is a love story that is a non love story, which is great. You don't you don't even <laughs> know it's a love story until the last last chapter. Touching young girl, an attractive older professor type. F Nail on the head. <laughs> Nail on the head. What is up with you guys? Can't you write any other sort of romance? I swear to God. But all in all, all in all, I, I have to say I was very happy with the book. Um, and even though I returned the Audible version and kept the Kindle version, I listened to the Audible version. <laughs> and sometime I'll go back and read the Kindle version. I read the Kindle version of the other two. Um, but the and, and bought the audio version. So I've actually bought like a ton of his books on both mediums. 
This time I'm like, yeah, give me one. Um, the, the guy who reads his books is really, really good at it. It, it two X I've never listened to him at one X at two X. He's good. Um, <laughs> so now next week I'm going to check out with my credit that I got back. I actually got two other books. I got, I I'm, checked out your recommendation on Dr. Sleep. So I'm, that's my, uh, book this week, but mm-hmm. also, um, there's a series of books called Metatropolis, which are, um, this is the third one that's, that's just come out. It's a series of books. They're all short stories based around a, uh, um, a world that is, it's kind of like a, uh, I don't know how you, what you'd describe it as. Um, basically it's a, it's a shared world between authors. So everybody writes different short stories about different aspects of the world. And there's usually about seven or eight authors per book mm-hmm. and there's new authors, every book. And this is, oh. this, there's the new ones out. And the first two were really good. Some of the stories are hit or miss. Um, some are better than others, but it's, it's good enough to keep going. Only the first book you can buy in print. The second and third book are um, all their audio only, but they're done by the sci-fi channel whose audiobook department is exquisitely good. So oh, very cool. Yeah. And I mean, they're full cast and great, uh, like super pro readers, lots of, uh, uh, you know, sci-fi superstars get in there like LeVar Burton and basically has been from uh, <laughs> sci-fi series past. Will Wheaton's in there and all that kind of stuff. So oh, very, very cool. Yeah, I definitely check, recommend checking that out since it's audio only. We'll put a link to the Audible stuff and you can get it there. Perfect. And I've actually just started up based on your recommendation, uh, the Lois uh, McMaster Bujold. Finally, yes. Uh, yes, I am. I just started up on Young Miles. Uh, I may finish it before the next podcast so I can finally talk about it. But just the fact that the Daniel Suarez influx is out now might get that pushed back a little bit because I'll be buying that as soon as we're done with our podcast and probably reading that first. So okay. we'll see. I, I'm hope, I hopefully because... Uh, some of the stuff that I gave you was was anthology based. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I think uh, I kind of go. Uh, you also provided me with the list of, of probably the way I should go through and read them. And uh, Young Miles was first, and that's yeah, what I started with. Okay, so. good, good. I think that's the Warrior's yeah. Apprentice is the actual first novel that's part of that. That's how I read it. Okay. Um, so we can talk about that another time. We'll talk about that when I when I get through at least one of the books. You should get <laughs> get through two of them because they're fucking good. Okay. All right. Man. Welcome to this week in shit we put on our computers. So, uh, one of my previous recommendations was Unibox, which -hmm. is the new uh, mail system that I'm using on uh, the desktop for the Mac. It's uh, so far so good. It crashes kind of a lot, but doesn't really (laughs) doesn't really break anything. It's just like a quick reboot and it works again. Um, My biggest complaint is that in the compose window, for some reason, I mean, these guys have done a lot to you know spin the email paradigm on its head but what they've done is they put the subject first then the to then the from then the body okay have you ever had an email client that did that that had anything but to from subject body no and it would drive me absolutely insane i I, i've basically made my transition to mac i hate mail i hate it yep everybody but i'm not ready to make the switch to unibox because there's just too many tweaky things like that that would just drive me insane um, I'll, I, yeah, I tell you what, I'll, I'll look through there. There are a couple other alternatives that we can, we can talk about. Sparrow still, I think works, but mm-hmm. yeah, the mail app is just a steaming pile of, of poo poo. Um, <laughs> I just, it, things like this drive me nuts where people are trying to disrupt the UX for no fucking reason whatsoever. Yeah. Period. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Give me two from subject, please fix it's that. E- you can make email. it a toggle. We've been doing this for 25 to 30 years now. We've got email down. Don't fuck with it. I mean, 
Even, I mean, yeah, from the old days, my Eudora client, you know? Ooh, Don't Eudora. I, I love Eudora. That. I did, too. I used that religiously for ages. I, I Actually, I, when I was going through some old uh, files the other day, I found old Eudora mailbox files, so I'm going to try and import those into something. I think one of the reasons I actually, I, I use Thunderbird on, on my PCs is I like that so much, is it reminds me so much of Eudora. I know you've crapped on Thunderbird a million times, but I like it. If you like it and it works. The, I just want, here's, here's the deal that I've got right now. Mailbox app on iOS. Unibox mm-hmm. on the Mac. The right. first person, or the first company, I should say, to come up with an app on both platforms yeah. wins. They're both completely different ways of doing email. Yep. They're both, you know, they're both completely valid to me. The first one that shows up on both platforms gets my business forever. Well, until the next shiny <laughs> thing comes until along. Until something else comes <laughs> yeah, along. Exactly. <laughs> forever being could be till Tuesday. Who knows? Because um, I'm just I'm tired of having two paradigms of mail management. You know, I've got the inbox zero on one and I've got the person based, you know, weird one on the other. But it's like, come on, guys, get it together. The only problem with mailbox app is that it doesn't work on standard um, uh, IMAP email. Yeah. So right. they're getting there. They're, they're getting there fast. Next Good. one, though. <laughs> Unibox. Uh, hack, Hackpad. Hackpad. I love Hackpad. So I think ha- we've, we've finally found our solution for our show notes. I know. So, it's so nice. What, we're, what we've had a problem with since the beginning is uh, we're using a shared document to do our show notes every week, to do collaboration for the show. And this also, this goes into anybody that's doing any kind of, you know, collaborative writing or note taking or anything like that. We mm. started with Google Docs. Yep. Didn't really, it wasn't that great. It's fine. It, serviceable. It gets, yeah, it gets the job done. Then Mammoth came along, and we talked about those guys forever, and we liked them. They were great for what we needed, and then they kept changing things and became not so great for what we needed. So we went back to Google Docs, but now we have a thing called, how I just hit myself in the fucking ear with my hand. <laughs> uh, Hackpad. Hackpad is the same type of uh, collaborative, note-taking, uh, crazy JavaScript, real-time interface, You know, so you can see yep. what the other person's typing. It's got little circles with our faces in it. Exactly. But it shows you right where the cursor for <laughs> can, the other person I can see is. when Jason's fucking around with our show notes. Exactly. And it gives you an email with wh- who touched what. And on the left, it tells you, like, who's writing what. Yeah. Um, my favorite feature that this has been the bane of my existence with Google Docs and Mammoth and almost anything. On the Mac now, whenever you copy uh, text that has formatting uh, attached to it, when you paste it, that formatting goes with it. Yeah. And that is the biggest pain in the ass. So what I find every, is, yeah, every time that we would copy basically an article title and paste it into any of our show notes, it would always come in with stupid fucking formatting. Yeah. So since the beginning of the show, and I do this for everything else anyway, I keep a BB, I have like an empty BB edit document open all the time. It's just like a, it's a, it's a paste bin. So I copy it, put it in BB edit, paste it, copy it, put it back in something else, just to, <laughs> just to turn it to plain text. Yeah. And Hackpad. Thank you so much. What they do is they just remove all the formatting, period. No matter what you paste in, the formatting is removed and just it's plain. It's mm. perfect. So that that alone has been amazing. The, yeah, it's, um, it's been really, really nice. And the, I mean, the, I, as I say this, my, my app just crashed on my, my iPad. But the iPad app has been fantastic for the most part. <laughs> it took me a little bit to figure out there because they've got a weird document uh, layout strategy. Yeah. So once we figured that out, I had to, yeah, I had to force quit the app and then have it reload everything. But the app has been fine for me on, on the iPad and the iPhone. Um, there's a little, little bit of formatting differences. Like if I paste a link from the iOS device, it has an underline in the web device. It doesn't, or the web view, it doesn't do that. I don't know. Little things like that that are not deal breakers. Let's just say yeah. that. 
Yeah. The other great thing is um, any of your hack pads, you can uh, tie to your Dropbox account. So, and it just exports HTML. So when we're done with this show, I just copy, I just open Dropbox, pull out the HTML and paste it into the, um, our shitty WordPress uh, install and boom, our show notes are done straight from, you know, cradle to grave right there as it is. Exactly. It's going to save me so much time. And it's free for like, you know, smaller accounts and then you pay for bigger accounts. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. If you're doing any kind of group documentation or, or editing or anything like that, it's by far the best thing. And we've tried them all now. Yeah, I mean, we've tried so many of them. And this, to date, this is the best one so far. So uh, thank you, Hackpad. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, my last bit is uh, this little thing called Status Board by Panic. It's been out for a while. It got really terrible reviews when it first came out as being buggy. And it's, it's, you know, a drag and drop status monitor that they use actually at panic to track, you know, sales and uh, incoming mm-hmm. support emails. What, you know, what's what you can put in a, you know, a couple pre-built widgets like your Twitter feed or your email and some RSS feeds weather. And then there's <laughs> some there's, you know, you can pull in uh, custom JSON objects that you have to write, you know, um, pass throughs for yourself. Right. Because I've got one for our, our stats for grumpy old geeks that I can just flip up and see see how our downloads are doing and things like that. It's uh it's 10 bucks. It's not worth 10 cents. I would, I would <laughs> not recommend anybody buy it. Uh, the, the way the drag and drop uh, stuff lays out from portrait to landscape does not translate. Well, you cannot do like uh, it's, it's trying to do like a responsive type of layout. So when you, when you turn it, it, it auto kind of adjusts the, the fields doesn't work. I'd rather it just give me two t- two uh, layout options. Like, okay, so I'm going to create my status uh, board in my landscape format and then one in my portrait format and stick to those, but don't try and be smart because uh, <laughs> it's not. Right. There's uh, the other downside is if you want to display it on an HDTV uh, through like a plug type of thing, you know, with the, the HDTV out, mm-hmm. uh, it's a $20 upsell in oh the app store. Oh my God. Twice the cost of the app to be able to project it onto your, your HDTV, which uh, I think That's you insane. can pretty much do with AirPlay and pass through now. <laughs> don't, don't, don't quote me on that. I'd have to go uh, try it, but uh, either way, 20, 30 bucks for an app that is really not worth, you know, a buck. So sorry, panic. I love you guys. You, you give me so much joy with everything else you do, but this is just terrible. <laughs> I actually um I've had a number of failed app experiences this last week as well. I'm actually not even going to mention basically anything by name. I, I might mention one. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that uh, I'm currently an escrow on a house. So I've been delving into the world of home improvement apps. Uh, specifically, I'm trying to figure out paint colors and things of that sort. Um, frustration, uh, inevitable. Uh, a lot of these apps are really bad. They crash a lot. Colors, eh, you know, they didn't do a good job of, of the photography or getting the colors right. So they're not true. Uh, that's kind of to be expected. Um, what really surprised me is how many of these companies are charging for an app that basically lets you pick paint colors that you then go purchase. They should, these apps should be free. Because they are basically selling you a product. Uh, I was shocked by that. Uh, some of the fancier apps out there, I refuse to pay for them because I'm just not going to pay for something that's just selling me something. Um, you know, you can like take photos of your of your actual room and then it'll digitally add in the color to the wall so you can supposedly see it, but it doesn't really work because of lighting and things like that. Whatever. All these apps are kind of crap. So there you go. 
Can't you just go to the paint shop and get swatches like you used to in the old days? It, it, that you know, I, th- I thought that perhaps this would have disrupted that industry, but that is still the best way to do it by far. That is exactly what I ended up doing. I ended up going down to Home Depot, grabbing a shit ton of swatches, coming back and putting them up against the wall. Hey, man, if it, if it shit ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. So all those apps are horrible. If you're thinking about painting your house, do not even bother. Just go down to your local paint store. Sweet. That's pretty much all I got this week. I've got a couple on deck that uh, didn't quite make the cut this time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if you've got any any apps that uh, you're thinking about buying that you don't want to spend money on yourself, uh, drop me a note. I'll pick them up and give them a roll for you. because uh, It's part of the Grumpy Old Geeks budget. I do. I've got my $20 a week budget for uh, buying apps that hopefully don't suck. So uh, info at GrumpyOldGeeks.com. Security! So I've been having a little fun with Photoshop this week. <laughs> I've been doing some of the the stuff that we do for our new uh, geek word or grump worthy uh, segments on the the website. But yesterday I saw a piece on how the GCHQ is watching people masturbate through their Yahoo uh, <laughs> Yahoo webcams, which I do believe is vindication for me putting black tape over my uh, my webcams for the past ten years. You were uh, right. <laughs> So I, I had to bring out Ceiling Cat, and uh, <laughs> Ceiling Cat is back, which I call GHQ Cat, but or GCHQ Cat. But it'll be on the, it'll be actually on the website, and I think you should check it out because it, it is one of my my uh, uh, Photoshop masterpieces. I do believe it, it is quite well done. It's very funny, but uh, yeah, I mean that's uh, I saw a couple of tweets uh, along the lines of uh, basically if you have any device that has a camera on it, you should just assume that somebody's watching you at all times. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, and we've talked about that. And when there is a tip, though, if you have a Mac, um, go grab that CIA uh, Macintosh hardening manual that they use. You can actually turn off that camera at the system level. So even if somebody hacks into your machine, they, they'll still have to have root to re-enable it. Right. But yeah, d- that little green light don't mean shit. So <laughs> don't worry about that. So, yeah, they've got. Uh, oh, God, how much was it? It was like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of images. Or million was it? Yeah, six months that they just kind of 1.8 million. That's it. 1.8 million people were uh, spied upon. Yeah, which is just insane. And the funny thing <laughs> is that like the GCHQ doesn't have the uh, GCHQ is the uh, England's version of you know the NSA for those now just tuning in. Um, they don't have the skills to do that kind of thing, so they basically piggybacked off all of our intercepts. So we gave them <laughs> we gave them the images. They just got to play with them and store them. Good times. Oh, yes. Apparently Yahoo is, they're livid. But you notice that Yahoo keeps coming up as the first people that are hacked the most in all of these stories. (laughs) Seems to be. Like, seriously, if you still have a Yahoo email address and are still using Yahoo for anything, like period, anything, this this, this goes with Flickr. You know, you can roll Flickr into this too. Um, Why? Why? (laughs) Just just (laughs) move on. I mean, granted, you're moving on to somebody else who's probably getting hacked as well. But Yahoo as, is at the forefront of not knowing what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Yahoo always just uh, they're always the worst. And uh, yeah, what the fuck are you still doing on there? Get Google Mail, for God's sake. At least you'll be stuck with everyone else. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, the problem with Yahoo is that there's nobody left and they're trying to rebuild, you know, their their brain trust. But, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of years ago, everybody just bailed. So yeah, they got nobody. No. <laughs> Now we come to go to the <laughs> here's the big okay. here's the here's the biggie of the week. <laughs> All right, everybody, sit back, relax, and imagine Jason wearing a tinfoil hat because here it comes. 
I don't think I'm wearing a tinfoil hat on this one. I honestly don't. I, I made my I made my. Hey, plea. you were right about the camera, so so here we go. I see. Here's here's the deal. I made my plea on the website this week. I posted an alternate theory on the story behind how this bug came to be. Now the bug is one extra line of code in the uh, SSL TSL uh, implementation in mm-hmm. OSX and iOS. Yep. That bypasses. All of the security certificates that we use to verify identity on the Internet. Okay, Mm -hmm. now this is a simple one line break that just says, "Okay, anything that gets to this next line, fail. Just go to it. Everything's fine. Just move along. Nothing to see here. Everything's all right. Do not panic. Now, my theory was going back to something that I posited early in the years of Grumpy Old Geeks was that there will be programmers that get jobs at Google, at Apple, at all these main, you know, uh, mm-hmm. software providers who will purposely put in holes and hacks and Hack bugs those. and then leave and sell them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that is a a viable business model that is going to happen. And if it's, I mean, I'm sure it's already happening. And I think this might be one of them. You know why? Because it is elegant as far as as far as where it's placed, how it's placed, it looks innocuous, and it is too it is too perfect to be a random screw up. It honestly is that that it hasn't been caught by anything, you know, along the way that there are no unit tests that have caught this, that <laughs> nobody else has seen it. That I mean, this is this is it's I too fucking know. it's too good to be true. It is I too see, good to I be. I see random. your point, Jason, but uh, you and I have also worked in in massive projects with with tons of people and we know how easy it is for things to fall through the cracks and just get ignored and not caught um yeah but this is I, I mean, I this is too I good mean, this is I, such a juicy target that breaks all of the security of an entire platform it, come on give me a the break most popular give me a break on yeah. the planet at the moment yeah so uh, if you have not updated your ios or your mac yet do so immediately uh, as in like stop pause go do it right now yeah seriously um and back up first though you should always back up first because the uh the 10 9 2 update can be a little wonky i've heard it worked fine for mine on both of them but uh what i did though is keep around a uh i have a copy of install mavericks that has the bugs in it so in future if i ever want to go back and try and uh do a man (laughs) in the middle attack on myself to try and get through any of the uh mac software i can (laughs) (laughs) because it 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 uh affected almost all the built-in stuff, even software update. The the built-in Apple software updater was prone to a bug that let, you know, that let anybody do a man-in-the-middle attack and pretend to be Apple. Yeah. I mean, this is base level. I mean, it it, it could not have gone more catastrophically wrong for Apple. This, this is as bad as it gets. And this is why I think it's 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 too good to be a real bug. It really is. Because <laughs> it is, it's, I mean... Well, if we could track those bitcoins, we could see if anybody bought it. No, I, I can tell you right now, there's a witch hunt going on side, inside of Apple right now. They're trying to, I, they know who did it, who put that line of code in. Oh, so yeah. they're not, they're not going to tell anybody outside, but I would be really curious if, if anybody who works at Apple can, you know, shed some light under the table on what happened. If, if that person is still there, if they're gone, you know, there's, there's okay. all sorts of things that could have happened with that, but they know who, who made that check-in. Mm-hmm. Um, that they do. So we'll, we'll either hear more about it or we won't. I, my money is on we won't because Apple will keep it internal. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and somebody posted that uh, 
that this was Apple trying to, uh, you know, knock their stock price down because they're going to do this, you know, this big internal buyback that they've been doing because they're going to be launching something amazing uh, soon. And I'm like, no, nah, that that is totally out of the realm because they put this in the Friday news, which yep. if you ever watch the West Wing, that's garbage day. That's where you bury things. Yep. So they didn't want this to be news. And it yeah. turned out to be big news because a lot of people went, what? <laughs> <laughs> and we already know what the new Apple thing's going to be. We talked about it last week. It's the watch. So it's not going to be groundbreaking. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if the TV comes out first. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's still that's somewhere in the books. Well, I still love Apple. Good job, guys, on fixing it relatively quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a couple of days for that uh, OS. That was the big thing. It's like, OK, Apple just released an O-Day and told everybody about it for the desktop line that was yeah. the bullshit part about it it's like okay yeah. we found this thing for ios that's fine and and any security people who know it's like <laughs> that's the same code base for the same bit of bit of code that we're running on all of the desktops it's like <laughs> why did you do that why the fuck did you do that couldn't yeah. you have waited three days then five days it, it was five days with the fix yeah yeah wait for the fix so something happened somebody somebody found it and was going to release it and they were probably pressured into it or there's some there's some there's some more stuff going on behind the scenes that we'll probably ever than we'll ever know. But yeah. guaranteed, guaranteed that something something major went down there. And uh, I still I, I I'm in my gut. I'm telling you, this does not feel right. Does not this this bug does not feel right. Anybody that's written code knows that if then else statements, if you don't bracket them, you've got one line to do <laughs> the you know, what's going to happen after the if or the else and the then. And yep. if you if you do two lines or even a space between the lines, it breaks. So you bracket those things, you bracket those statements and these, this didn't. And that's why it's fishy. That's why it's such a perfect, perfect way to, to break it without being suspicious by not being suspicious to me. It's really suspicious. So <laughs> that's my rant. Okay. Well done. And uh, Jason actually wrote a really great article about it on grumpy So if that intrigued you at all, by all means, go read it in its full entirety. <laughs> it's, it is all in its tinfoiliness. <laughs> Ooh, fancy. so i've spent the last two weeks uh working on this project that i'm about to that's going to basically launch uh after some point after this podcast um which has been fine but uh it's been a bit of a weird project in that there are people all over the world involved um there are people in the uk there's people on the east coast uh and there's been a lot of needs for well I don't think we have ever needed a conference call, but they've decided we've needed a couple. So there's been a lot of emails thrown about from different people saying different times because nobody can ever get anything straight and they can't just say it's at noon Pacific time. Uh, they just say noon and I have to go off to some site and start doing calculations and figure out what the fuck time it is in the world. As I was doing all this, I was uh, I randomly went to uh, XKCD, which is a great site that I don't uh, look at enough. And they just came up with a... Uh, cool little comic that is a kind of illustrates the time zones of the world um it's a lot of fun it's really neat i printed it out and stapled it to my desk and somehow managed to uh, squash the impulse to email it to every single person working on this project this is actually a very cool a very cool graphic i mean i it's love awesome. i love it's, xkcd and this is yeah. just genius level i want to turn this into one of those i, I want to put this on you know some cardboard with a spinner you know, and have a little slider, like a slide rule, like a circular no, slide yeah. rule. It's, to... it's exactly what it's made for. So mm -hmm. at some point, I probably will do it. It's a, it's a beautiful little graphic. So check it out. Uh, it's in our show notes. And I, I love rude to call because that's when most of my calls come. 
So it's quite interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great little graphic. Really cool. Uh, one other thing I stumbled upon this week, which I love, and it'll give you about 15 to 15 minutes, maybe, uh, worth of fun. Holy Stomping. Now, this is a Monty Python-based web game. I don't think that they were actually involved. They just kind of, you know, inspired it. You get to play the big foot that comes down and squashes things in, in the Monty Python animations. Uh, makes a big farting noise when you squash things, and you get to basically knock out a bunch of characters from, uh, you know, Holy Grail and things like that. So it's uh, if you're a Monty Python fan, it's quite the hoot. Nice. I'll check that out for sure. Yeah. I actually pitched on the first Monty Python uh, website. Did you really? I, I got to, that, I actually, that is one of those dream jobs. Like, I, I, they have never done anything amazing with MontyPython.com, and it could be, like, just the most fun thing ever. Yeah, it was uh, called Python Line when we were first pitching. I think that's what they ended up going with, but it was, yeah. it was mired for years in uh, infighting and stuff like that. But we did uh, this, like, 48-hour overnight craziness um <laughs> just pitch to pull something up i remember doing I, this is when we were doing like video capture to still frame and i hand cut out john cleese doing the silly walk and made like <laughs> animated gifs that we brought into director and did all this shit and when we did the pitch this is this is me being crazy stalker remember the connectix quick cams those yep. old 16 color or 16 grayscale cameras oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> this is just when they came out and i set one up in the office because I, I was the one that got to do the pitch. And I, so I got a picture of me pitching to Eric Idle. <laughs> and it, I still have it to this day. It was one of the proudest moments of my life. It was so cool. I was, I was shitting bricks. That was my first celebrity that I met when I got to L.A. was Eric Idle. So nice. Ah, that brought back the memories. Thank you. <laughs> um, Gotta love Money Python. Yeah, that was uh, definitely one of those dream projects I never got to pitch on. One, another one for me, which uh, I don't think we ended up getting either, was uh, the Muppets, which which would be a lot of fun to build a site out for that. But I remember the politics that gets involved on this stuff is just insane. Yeah, and the Muppets have changed hands so many times. I did. I came in at the last minute on a Muppets Facebook game that was uh, that turned out they said it was a nightmare to deal with them. Right. So. Because you're dealing with multiple studios, the family, and sometimes there's Germans involved. You know, oh, man. Oh, God, the Germans. Yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the Brits. There's, a, there's this English company called Thubto. Yes. Thubto Designs. They mm. make this really weird kind of kooky stuff. The first product that they ever made was a uh, mug that had a handle that was brass knuckles. That was the first thing that I ever saw them make. Now they've got tons of crazy stuff that they make that... Uh, <laughs> it's it's just it's kind of novelty stuff you cannot get the the brass knuckle mug that i have anymore which saddens mm -hmm. me because it was i have just a white ceramic mug now right. it's like they've got white and gold and black and silver or whatever i don't like them as much they actually did a halloween one though that looked like it had blood stains on the cup like after you hit somebody with the cup <laughs> it was very cute but uh none of the ladies liked it it kind of grossed them out so i got rid of that one um Right. Yeah, this, they got some fun stuff in here. It's it's definitely a UK company because they've got the Sabuto stuff, which is great. Um, nobody in the US has ever heard of that. It's just a it's like a fun little table soccer game that you play. Um, a oh, lot that's of this stuff what that is. is fun. I, I was yeah. wondering what the hell that was. <laughs> I played um, it when I was a kid, but it's it's not popular over here at all. Uh, I like their JPEG hooks, which are basically uh, uh, coat hooks with a, uh, a clothespin at the top. So you can put pictures of whose coat goes where, which I thought was kind of cute. <laughs> Yeah, there's some fun stuff. A little bit too much of the mustache uh, line of hipster things yeah, going on here. But, uh... Yeah, no mustaches. Um, <laughs> they have this thing called the Wong Key, which is kind of a wedge that you stick on your keychain. So when you go to a restaurant and the table's uneven, you kind of wedge the key underneath it. 
That is genius. It is genius. But why do you want to carry that thing around for the 0.00001% of the time of your life that you're going to be carrying this, that you'll actually use it? That's plus, the problem. Plus, you've, you've now put this on the floor in a restaurant, and it's all gross and disgusting, and then you're sticking it in your pocket. Or your purse or wherever. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> no, no. You know what they have? They have coasters that you can fold in half and shove under the table. And those yes. are those are free. Very true. <laughs> but I, I recommend checking them out. They've got cute stuff, a little overpriced, but uh, I... I hope they come back with the the mugs again because everybody should have that brass knuckle mug. <laughs> it's good stuff. Closing shout outs. For my closing shout out, I'm going to actually give a shout out to Coldplay, uh, which is you know one of my clients, and uh, they just put out a new song called Midnight with a gloomy kind of atmospheric video as well. Uh, as much as they can drive me insane just because they're a client, uh, I'm really impressed with them. Uh, the song is kind of almost a low-tempo EDM-style thing. It's very not Coldplay. Um, I can't imagine any of the other kind of, you know, bands that are up for biggest rock band in the world, like U2 or Green Day or the fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, putting out anything this far into their career that is just so different and, and taking such a risk. It's a great song. Check it out, Coldplay.com. What is EDM? Electronic dance music. Oh, I see. There, there is nary a piano or a guitar on this track. Oh, so it's all beepity boppity boopity? No, it's it's more low key. Like it, it, it could have turned into like this massive kind of a dance track, and but they didn't go that direction with it. So it's it's just like five six minutes of atmospheric uh, ghoul background noise. It's it's really nice. I it's it's definitely my favorite Coldplay song. Speaking of Loki, I saw the Thor 2 movie. Ooh, that was bad. Oh, uh, the first one was horrible. I like the first one after after he got to Earth and you got past. I just this damn space Vikings piss me off. Yeah, it's just I, could, I, 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 I want to not get on that tangent. I, I don't know how you can take Natalie Portman and, and put her in something and have it be miserable, but they managed. <laughs> so uh, 750 words. Last time, uh, 750words.com. Uh, last time we did a show, I talked about doing a, uh, a March challenge mm-hmm. for this to do 750 words a day for the entire month. I uh, have been practicing. I've got uh, I've been using the site with my iPad Air and my Zag Folio keyboard, which I've noticed you've been doing this because you've been filling up grumpyoldgeeks.com. I tell you what, this is what I'm loving this this combo. I love it. Um the keyboard is fantastic. I mean, I know I pimped it on the show before, but I'm just having a blast writing on this thing. Uh it's like an old netbook, but the keyboard is better. The, I've got the Retina display on the iPad. And with 750 words, the, the editor works perfectly, flawlessly, because it's just a web editor. Problem is, uh, 750 words used to be free, and now you have to pay after 30 days. So I didn't want to throw out a challenge to the listeners for something that you actually had to pay for. Right. Um, so I might still do it, but what I'm finding is that every word processor I own, which is, I think I probably have 10 or 15 different uh, <laughs> iOS and, and uh, macOS word processors, they right. all have this thing called word count. So mm-hmm. yes, I, they do. <laughs> I kind of set uh, 25 minutes on the, the old timer and uh, start typing and I can hit 25 words. Actually, I hit 25 words in about 15 minutes. I mean, uh, 750 words in 15 minutes um, up to 25. But, you know, it's yeah, uh, I, it's I, free. I it's, together, thing, it's free. I can put together an HTML page for you with about 10 lines of JavaScript. that will count words, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I actually have to I have to put out 200 bucks this this week, which. OK, this is one of those things that pisses me off. There's a uh, a really nice um, editor like JavaScript text editor mm-hmm. that you can ha- have a drop in for called Redactor. 
because uh, there's one out there called Tiny MCE that's free that most people use. It's just terrible. Right. But this one's called Redactor. And I was looking at it the other night. And I'm like, oh, $99 for a developer. I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick and then get my credit card and come back and I'm going to buy it so I can use it on these projects. <laughs> yeah. I come back, I refresh the page and it's $199 in between going to the bathroom and coming back. They had released a new version and changed their pricing model. But if you had had the $99 version, you were grandfathered in. I'm like, oh, damn you. The lesson learned. Never refresh the page. Oh, man. Well, I, I, it, I had to refresh it because when I had uh, add to cart, it broke. All right. Because of the... the the SKU was not more, not available anymore. I was like, damn it. <laughs> so I'm thinking if I buy Redactor and literally, yeah, with a little JavaScript and some some jQuery and PHP, I can probably rewrite 750 words in uh, in the span of about an hour and a half. Um, maybe maybe I'll do that and I'll just put it on Grumpy Old Geeks and let people play with it. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, it's uh, the thing with with 750 words is you get badges, you know. Yeah, it's gamified. It is. Fun. It is gamified writing, which is was the fun part, but now. It's it it almost is too stressful. As one of the reasons I left is like, if uh, something happens, because I was always like getting the you know the Roadrunner badge and all the badges for writing fast, because I can knock out seven hundred and fifty words like no nobody's business, and uh, I would get frustrated because I was like trying to think of something and like do a deeper dive on a topic, and it would mm -hmm. end up just typing gibberish like you know just you know stream <laughs> of consciousness so the timer wouldn't run out so I could get my words. Then going back and I'm like, why don't I, that, that's silly? Why don't you just have a cup of coffee, take a walk and think about it, then finish your thought, you know? Yeah. But so I think, yeah, now that I've talked it through, I think I'm just going to open up BB edit or any of these other things <laughs> and write because writing has been, it's, it, it has been a ton of fun writing on the site. So, I know you've been going crazy with it. I got to catch up. But, well, uh, yeah, because you've been uh, <clears throat> slacking. I've been busy with day job. Like I haven't. Jeez. <laughs> well, I'm never going to write uh, daily like you've been, but uh, grumpyoldgeeks.com, check it out. Jason's been on. Jason's been on fire. Yeah, fire. That's what's what I got this week. Um, next week is going to be a little difficult because there's going to be some uh, disruption uh, going <laughs> on in uh, where my ass is sitting in front of a computer, <laughs> literally. Because uh, right. there's a very good chance that I will be on the road. So we'll see what happens. And. Uh, we will, we, we will yeah we will get a show out next week we don't know where it will be from or when or how it, long it will, it will be drop. or what we'll talk about but uh yeah we're well, doing a show we will make it yeah i'm just mainly saying that because we've moved to the uh same day delivery mm -hmm. like hopefully doing it on friday so it may be a day day off on either side so if your pod slurfer slarper whatever the hell you call them nowadays uh, doesn't update right away i apologize <laughs> it'll be my fault but you can you can email brian Yes, feel free to email me, uh, particularly at any time zone you'd like. <laughs> All right, man, have a good week. Have a good week. Keep up with the Grumpy Old Geeks on the web at grumpyoldgeeks.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash grumpyoldgeeks, or email them at podcast at grumpyoldgeeks.com. Have a good week. Okay, last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer. We're driving to Florida.